Your name is Jesus. We come in your name. We come in the name of Jesus. And we thank you because you are the light of the world. And there's no king like you. You're awesome in power. You reign forever. And today we will see you reign over this teaching. We will see you, the great rabbi, teach us. Your ways teach us your truth. Bring us into the fullness of your great plans for our life. Bring us into an understanding, a spirit-to-spirit connection, a spirit-to-spirit revelation. We thank you because we receive all of you and all that you bring. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, today Valerie is reading for us, so let's go to Esther 4. Esther 4, verse 1. Now when Mordecai learned all that was done, he rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. Thank you. So what did he hear? What he heard was in chapter 3. I don't know if you guys went and read chapter 3. But what happened in chapter 3 was the king... Haman had asked the king to give an order to kill the Jews. (laughs) I love it. Go ahead. Tell us, Leticia. Yeah, she read it. Tell us, please. I was like, is a guy called Haman? Yes. Who wanted all the Jews to be killed? Yes. And uh, so I think he told the king to give that order. Yes. That's what I read. Beautiful. That's what it is in a nutshell. Yeah, thank you. The only thing I'd like to add is that the reason why that decree came about was because when Haman was made second in command to the king, Mordecai would not bow to him because they would not bow to humans. They bowed only to God. So that was something he would not do based on his belief. And the king's servants pointed that out to Haman that this guy is not bowing to you. The key here is that when Haman became aware of this, instead of him going straight to Mordecai and giving Mordecai whatever punishment he felt Mordecai would deserve, he decided to go after Mordecai's people. Like, he found out that, okay, these are the reasons why Mordecai cannot bow to you. For me, what I saw there is that it's not personal. It has nothing to do with you. He's not disrespecting you. It's just that he's bowing to a higher power that isn't you. He won't even bow to the king or anybody. So Haman decided to take it personal and went after an entire race of people. Instead of just punishing Mordecai, he went after the entire Jewish um, tribe, and he was going to erase all of them. That is how the demonic operates. The demonic will not just go after you alone. The enemy, Satan, will not just go after one area of your life alone. He wants to take all, as much as he can lay hold of against your life. He will want to take it, but will you allow him? So that's the only thing I want to add to that. Just so you see that this was malice. This was wicked. This was inflamed. So much more inflamed than what it should have been. That's how we got to chapter 4. Mordecai 
wearing sackcloth, walking all over town, ashes on his body, crying out with a loud voice. And have you ever been in that place where you feel so attacked, where you're facing a disease or a challenge in your body, an infirmity that hurts so bad? And even though you trust God, you're crying out so loudly that the pain cannot be held in. You're in a place of desperation. This was Mordecai's state at this point. So next verse, please. Okay, next verse, Esther uh, 4, verse 2. He came and stood before the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. As in every province, wherever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing, and many laid in sackcloth and ashes. Okay, so when the decree was given, the king gave his signet ring to Haman to put it, that waxy stuff on the paper. And then these letters were distributed all over that province. And so wherever this message got to the Jewish people, that they were to be killed on a certain day, the 12th month, and all the whatever, there was a specific assignment against their lives. So there was a lot of weeping, a lot of crying. And Haman was the cause of all this. It was the reason that a whole race of people would be crying this way. And so Mordecai decided to cry and get to the king's gate because he wanted, of course, if you know the backstory, Mordecai is cousin to Esther. Mordecai actually placed Esther in a position to go and contest to be queen to the king at the time. And so he was able to encourage Esther and advise Esther to conceal her identity so that she could be chosen as the king's wife. And it so happened that his advice worked out well for Esther, and so Esther became queen to the king. So him going to cry, heading towards the king's gate to cry and weep with sackcloth and ashes all over him was to catch Esther's attention. There's calamity here, Esther. There's a problem here, Esther. There's a big issue here. Our lives are at stake. Esther, we need you. Amen. So next verse, please. Amen. Verse 4, when Esther's maids and her attendants came and told it to her, the queen was exceedingly grieved and distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai with orders to take his sackcloth from him, from off him, but he would not receive them. That wasn't what he wanted. Esther was sending clothes to, oh, I see my cousin or my uncle or relative looking so disheveled, looking so unkept. He's just crying crazily. Oh, yeah. the first thought, the first thought she thought of was he's looking physically unkept. So yeah. let me take care of his physical appearance. How many of us are so focused on appearances, right? Something deeper is going on in this man's heart. Something crazy is going on and Instead of first finding out what is happening, you're like, okay, go and give him clean garments and let him dress. Did he tell you he didn't have clothes to wear? 
but it just gives us, it just shows us how we're so into the physical. And I want to take us on this journey of first thinking spirits, first thinking deeper, emotions, mental, what is going on deep within a person. So there's going to be all these layers of um, counsel that we'll get in this teaching. When you see somebody, don't just think it is how they look external. Sometimes somebody would dress so beautifully. Somebody would look so smart and everything, but there's something going on inside them. So always seek to connect with people on a spiritual level. Always seek to engage with people on a deeper level. Esther seeing his cousin screaming, yelling, looking disheveled and all that. All she thinks about is go give him clean, nice, royal-looking clothes. Maybe he wants to wear these garments we wear in, in, in the king's palace. Maybe he needs some royal garments. No, it's deeper. Next verse, please. If I may say, so, it's kind of like with me, sometimes I'll see a homeless person. I think they want water. I go back off on the water and say, no, no, thank you. I'm just assuming they should be thirsty or something like that, but that's not what it is at all. Yes. <laughs> and maybe something totally different, but I think with this one, Mordecai's like, no, Esther, that's not what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so verse 5. Then Esther called for Fetch, one of the king's attendants, whom he had appointed to attend her, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what this was and why it was. Amen. So, yes. So now, well, she doesn't even need to go deeper to search for what the problem is because Mordecai clearly rejected what she offered. Like, I don't need your clothes. <laughs> she clearly rejected it. So Esther knew that, okay, I now have to seek deeper. And so she sent out the king's servant, Hathach. So Hathach went to the open square in the city and Hathach spoke with Mordecai. She was specific in saying, learn what this is and why it was. I love that. I love that she thought so much deeper. Learn what it is that makes my cousin look so disheveled and cry so loud and comes to the city gate crying in this way. Learn what that reason is, the cause for his actions. Learn why, why he is this way. When you find out that cause, find out why that cause has to happen at all. Right? So it's so much deeper. Next verse, please. Verse 6. So Hadash went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city, which was in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened to him, and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to be destroyed. It is so crazy. If you read chapter 3, like Leticia, you'll find out that not only did Mordecai bait the king by saying, these people will not bow to you, so let's destroy them. He actually invested his money into it. He said, I'll give into your treasuries 10,000 silver whatever but that was a lot of silver a lot of money he was gonna make the king even richer to destroy an entire race 
And this was the information that Hatach was getting from Mordecai to pass on to Esther. Next verse, please. Verse 8. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the decree to destroy them. That was given out in Susha, Susha, that he might show it to Esther, explain it to her, and charge her to go to the king, make supplication to him, and plead with him for the lives of her people. <laughs> okay. At this point, he was not only telling Esther what the reason for his outcry and his pain was. He was telling Esther what Esther's part was in the midst of this whole craziness. You guys have to remember, Esther is a beautiful queen. Esther is arrayed in all the luxuries of that nation. Esther is not like the others. I mean, you guys are Jews, you guys are this, you guys are living there, you guys are, your homes are in a certain district. I am on another level. <laughs> Esther is like on another level. The king doesn't even know if I'm Jewish. Like, if this decrease goes out as it has, and it's actually executed as it will, I won't be a part of it. Because people like me don't hang out in royal places, but because I'm hanging out in royal places, then that just proves that I am with an extra. I am different. And Mordecai, at the instant when Esther was going in to contest for the queenship, let's call it, I kind of see it like the bachelor, right? The bachelor that they watch on TV where all these women come to contest for. The <laughs> Yes, when it's a woman, it's the bachelorette. Then when it's the man, it's the bachelor. And all the women come and, you know, they try to find a spot with the bachelor. So when she was going to that, the same Mordecai was like, don't disclose your identity. But at the time, we didn't know why. Well, I guess we knew based on the fact that she wasn't a citizen of that nation. But Mordecai could see deeper, even though he didn't know what the next step would be for Esther. I guess he was led by the Spirit of God. I guess he had a premonition within him that we need Esther up there. But at that time, Esther's identity was concealed. Mordecai was specific. If you read the earlier chapters of Esther, especially chapter 1, you will see that he told Esther, do not disclose your identity. Let's get you in there. Mm -hmm. So when it was all about beauty, when it was all about position, when it was all about flamboyance, she had to conceal who she was, right? That works for everyone, right? It worked for Mordecai, it worked especially for Esther, but how come Esther is in this comfortable position now? Now she's been married for five years. She's enjoying all the luxuries and all the things that come with being the wife of the king. And then when all things are good for her, and now you want her to go associate with the people that she wasn't associating with when she wanted to come to that position. Now she's going to disclose that not only is she an immigrant, but she is the immigrants that are slated to be killed on a certain day. <laughs> and you think that this is the time to bring out my identity? I want you to see all the the things that were working against Esther based on the idea that Mordecai was presenting to her. It's like, cousin, I respect you. I love you. I mean, you 
helped me get into this position. But this that you're trying to tell me to do, there is a question mark to it. So we'll see that in the next verse. So the next verse is verse uh, 9. And Hadad came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And Esther spoke to Hadad and gave him a message from Mordecai saying, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any person, be it man or woman, who shall go into the inner court to the king without being called, shall be put to death. There is but one law for him, except him, to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come to the king for these thirty days. <laughs> so I wanted to see how this just keeps going downhill. Number one, she has to go expose who she is. I mean, she's covered this identity to get into that position. I don't know about you, but you know, some of us have had to cover our identity to get to certain places. <laughs> you dare not say that you're from the trenches, right? You just, you know, when you get to that place, you dress like them. I remember going through fashion school, they always taught us, they said, when you go to any high-end store, dress like them. Don't go there. <laughs> dress like you're going to your regular stores. Because <laughs> they would attend to you. <laughs> you know, they'll send us out on all these projects and surveys and just interviewing people and whatever, you know, all these high-end stores. And they always told us, see, girl, dress high-end. <laughs> so uh, now Esther has to not only expose herself as somebody from the lower east side <laughs> from the downtown yeah not only does she have to do that but wait cousin what you don't understand i wanted to see how she's presenting her case very cleverly very intelligently and i wanted to see how we can be very intelligent in our thinking right it's all good it's all fun and roses when we're being favored by God when we're having to conceal who we are and get into that position and we enjoy the favor. She was having all the high-end oils. God gave her favor. The people that were taking care of her to give her all this beauty, the tips they were giving her and how they were taking care of her, you know, they just worked so well. When the king's eyes beheld her, he was immediately taken by her. I mean, if you read the first two chapters of Esther, it's like, oh, it's like such a romantic story. Everything is so exciting. It's so sweet. It's so, you know, every time you think of Esther, it's like, oh, just gorgeous in her beautiful dress, in her long hair, and she smells so good. It's all flowery and the roses and all that good stuff. Then now you're getting her to do the dirty, to get mm -hmm. to do the dirty. And that's how it is with most of us, right? You come to a place with God, especially at the beginning of your walk, when you first give your life to Jesus, you see him blessing you in all these ways. You begin to enjoy favor. You go here and somebody treats you nice. You're like, glory to God. You know, you want to go for an interview. You're like, God, grant me favor here. And you go there and the interviewer is taken by you. And you're like, oh, glory to God. Oh, my path ordained by God. You're like, oh, glory, glory, glory. Until you get older and older and you'll walk with the Lord. And then God calls you to a place you never, ever thought you would have to step into. 
And this place is not shiny like before. This place is not glorious like before. This place may actually cost you your life. I am so excited about my book, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. God is amazing. I can go on and on and think about what the Lord has done so far. But, you know, I just wanted to get on here and thank you so much for all the, <laughs> the support. And thank you for all the feedback I've been getting. Thank you for purchasing this book and buying for loved ones. Some of you bought like seven copies. Some of you bought like five copies. I am so delighted. God wants us to not only stay on the outskirts and say, hey, come, come here, come here. He wants us in his kingdom realm with him. He wants to show us heaven. When Jesus Christ tore the veil, when he died and he took us, into heaven he seated us in heavenly places with God. so right now we are in that seated position <laughs> it is just an endless life of growing our spirit man so i found out that when adam and god were interacting in the beginning it was all about a spiritual interaction so he made you and i to have a spiritual interaction consistently what stopped that what took us away from that this is all and so much more you will encounter in spirit 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 so i want you right now i want to encourage you go for it go grab your copy please grab your copy tell me about it tell me what the lord is already doing in your life tell me what the lord is doing in the life of the loved one you will also buy the copy for i encourage you to give the gift of the spirit